Well, good evening. Well, Heidi and I have certainly enjoyed ourselves uh, here again, and this is our third time being with you guys, and and uh, we we re we really do enjoy it. We get to, we've got to know some of you a little bit better this each time. Um, the first time we were here, um, we you guys worked us so hard we hardly get to talk to anybody. It seemed like we just kept going and. And that's, that's not a bad thing. Um, I'm, I'm certainly glad for, for churches that have a desire to work and labor for the Lord. And um, when you look at all these boxes here, that's, it's very impressive to see. But um, it'll be even more impressive to see them all on the field there and getting handed out to, to people there. And, and so uh, I'm thankful for this church and, and you continue to... Uh, partner with us to uh, get the gospel out. And again, this time we, we focused on uh, Ukraine, uh, for the Ukrainian people there, and uh, that are um, the refugees, those that are displaced uh, in the surrounding countries and um, even in Ukraine. And so uh, it's exciting to think about. And, and, and I don't know if you guys know this from this side, but on, on each box on the side that I can see, it actually has your church name on there. It says Fostoria Baptist Church, Fostoria, Michigan, Ukrainian quantity 330 per box. And so um, that's exciting to know that uh, the missionaries there, the people that will be handing this out, they'll know that there's churches like yours that are supporting them and praying for them and helping them really with one of the greatest needs uh, a missionary or a church planner has, and that is uh, the Word of God and the language of the people that they've been called to reach. And um, so that's, it's exciting to think about. Um, I kind of first want to share a little bit about uh, what's been going on with Heidi and I personally. Um, we've had quite the year, and I think last year when I was here, we had uh, one grandson um, at the time, and uh, his name's Liam. And um, so we're, we are grandparents now, and uh, that's an exciting time. In fact, I was thinking, as I was sitting there, I was thinking the last time I was here that um, my phone went off when I was up here, and it was FaceTime, and it was my grandson on there and my daughter, and uh, that was a little embarrassing, but um, because usually I turn my phone off when I go to, I, turn, I put it on airplane mode. And then, uh, but since we're staying here, uh, the Wi-Fi was on. I think the Wi-Fi caught it and it was ringing things. But um, so we have, anyways, we have one one grandson, Liam. And then uh, since then, we've had another grandson born, um, Eric. And uh, we already have a granddaughter on the way. And so uh, we're super excited about that. Um, if you noticed, um, my wife, when the phone rings and it. And it looks like it's uh, FaceTiming our family group. She's gone. And uh, we could be trimming or whatever it is, but she needs to see those grandbabies. And uh, we're definitely enjoying uh, this part of life. <clears throat> we don't get to see them a whole lot, but um, of course we do get to see them a lot on, on uh, video and things like that. So we're grateful for that. But uh, that is definitely a part of life that we're simply enjoying. Um, uh, there are things that are going on in life. Our daughter... Um, Brooke, that's uh, still with us at home, uh, she's doing well. She's going to finish up uh, her college this next year that she's going into. She goes to our small Bible college at our church there in Milford, Ohio. 
and uh, she'll be finishing, finishing there. And then after that, you will probably see her travel with us a lot more. And uh, our, our youngest daughter, Brooke, if I didn't tell you this, she has a, a chromosome disorder, so uh, she'll probably live with us for the rest of her life. We'll, we'll see. But um, she, does, she does pretty good uh, for the most part, but uh, we'll be glad to, to keep her at the house. So, but uh, you might see her uh, next time around. Uh, we'll see. But um, that's kind of going, what, what's going with us personally. Um, I think last time I mentioned this, um, I had a, a, a unique ministry opportunity. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a car guy. I don't know if you're a car guy, uh, but I, I, I like cars. And um, I actually like all of the brands, uh, the, all the models. Uh, I just... I just like cars in general. I like any, actually, I like anything with engines on, on them, okay? Uh, boats, uh, four-wheelers, tractors, it doesn't matter what it is. I just enjoy that type of thing. And um, my dad was, uh, he, he retired from General Motors, and so did my granddad, and my great-granddad did. Um, but my uh, father-in-law was a Ford guy, and... Um, and we, we lived close to them for 20 years. And so all my toys, so to speak, um, Mustangs and Broncos and that type of thing, were all been Ford. So like all those, and my brother-in-laws were into Mopars and that type of thing. But um, anyways, it's something I've really enjoyed. But at the same time, uh, as a Christian, you, you kind of know that it's something that you, can, you need to enjoy, but uh, not, not have it consume you. Uh, in your life, just like really anything else we could have consume us in our, in our life and, and uh, enjoy racing too. And so uh, I think last year I mentioned this, but uh, we had an opportunity, me and my friend of mine, who's a car guy who has a 55 Ford, um, he had his neighbor uh, uh, races uh, cars and he invited him, invited us to come to the race last year. It was a, a full, all Ford event and asked us to come and and uh, be able to have a Sunday service there. And uh, we asked if we could bring uh, John and Romans and hand those out. And uh, they said, yeah. In fact, when we got there, we, they actually said, we'll just hand, them to, hand one to everybody at the gate. So everybody that came in, the drivers, the spectators, everybody got a John and Romans uh, that came to this race. And these, the people that owned the track and the people that were holding the event, uh, none of them are saved. Uh, but they knew uh, what we were about and what we were doing. And, um, and, and uh, so I say all that is uh, they asked us to come back this year. And so uh, we're, we're going to be, uh, Heidi and I are going to be leaving straight back tonight after the service, and then I'm going to leave in the morning, and we're going to, um, I'm going to be, Heidi's not, uh, going to be headed to the racetrack for a few days and excited about that. It was so fun last year. I got to hang out. They, they let us, like, hang out by the, where they do the burnouts and at the starting line, and, and uh, you know, that was cool. But the, really the cool thing is we got to, um, they gave us a golf cart. We got to talk to a lot of the drivers, and, um, and our Sunday service there last year, uh, we, had, we actually had quite a few men come to it. I was actually surprised, and they brought their John and Romans with them. And my friend Dan, he preached um, out, of the, out of the John and Romans about, um, I, I believe it was, it was something about getting to the finish line and, uh, that he preached on. And, 
And uh, there was men that were receptive, there was drivers that were weeping, and, um, you know, again, these men, they're, they're, you know, a lot of those guys, they love cars too, but a lot of them, this is their, they make it their life, and it's, it's consuming them, and they're trying to find hope and happiness and all that, and of course, we know it's all empty, and so it's just a, a great opportunity as a car guy to be able to um, share the gospel with them. Um, my buddy and I, we, we consider a missions trip, and we say that we speak their language, and it's uh, our people group, okay? And so, and I'll say this, that I'm sure that each one of us has a, somebody that we can reach like that, uh, something that uh, we have familiarities with, that we can relate to, that uh, we can definitely share the gospel with. But enough of that. That is, that is totally separate from my normal ministry, but I'm certainly enjoying it. And I would ask you to pray about that, if you would, this weekend that we would see fruit from that, and I'll definitely share with you how, all how that, all that went. Um, as far as bearing precious seed and how things are going there, um, it's been quite the year this year, of course, with everything this past year or two, with um, COVID and then uh, supply chain issues. Um, of course, one of our greatest needs as a ministry is paper, uh, as, we, as, a, as a printing ministry. And so, um, you know, if I was here six months ago, which I guess I was here about six months ago, pretty close to that, I might have shared the need there that, the, that uh, one of the biggest prayer requests would have been the cost of paper, okay? The, the cost of paper has gone up uh, dramas, uh, dramatically uh, in the past six months or so. And, um, but now... My prayer request is this, is that we, that we actually could just continue to get paper. Um, and obviously, that would still be a prayer request that the cost would go down. But we're still printing, even though the cost. And God's people, just like you, have been able to uh, step in and just help us continue to go, even with the cost of paper has gone up. And I thank you for that. Um, but it really, it's been a big issue, especially the covers. You notice the covers that we're using are nice and shiny, and they look really nice. But uh, typically, we don't always use those covers uh, because they're a little bit more expensive. In fact, even these style covers, we're using different kinds. You might not understand it, but there's papers, different weights, and things like that. And uh, we're really just using whatever we can find. And um, so if you would make that a prayer, that we would uh, continue to have, uh, paper would continue to come in, and that uh, the cost, again, uh, would go down. Uh, that being said, it's one of our biggest years this year. Um, uh, just in the first four months, not including May, um, we did, as a ministry, we did, um, just in our seed line ministry, so churches like yours, did, we did uh, four million scripture in four months. And so, and of course, it, not only just Heidi and I are the ones that are going out to the churches, we have a couple other guys that are going out and doing what we do. Um, and I was, like I was telling Pastor this earlier, I don't usually keep track myself of how many scriptures, like Heidi and I actually, we do at our churches. I just do it because I just don't try to make a big deal of it. But uh, this year was, uh, so far this year, uh, we've got one more project before in this month. We'll have, we'll been to 20 churches, 20 projects, and it'll be 10 different languages and about a million thirty thousand John and Romans that just we have been able to be a part of, um, and so we've been busy, um, in fact, um, the truck that I have, we've put on about 11, over 11,000 miles on in the past eight weeks, 
And so if you would pray for us, <laughs> uh, that the Lord keep us going physically and, and mentally, spiritually, those type of things. Uh, but uh, God's blessing, and, and honestly, we've, I don't think, since I've been in the ministry now for nine years here, that I have not seen so many requests for missionaries. And there's been so much demand for scripture. Um, and uh, people have wanting it with a sense of urgency, and not only that, but then we're also getting, on the other side, of more churches that are wanting to get involved and be a part of the ministry. And so if you would pray about that too, pray that God would provide more men for the ministry, because um, Heidi and I can't do it all ourselves, and even with the other guys. So if you would pray that God would provide laborers uh, for our ministry. Um, <clears throat> the biggest thing has been really this Ukrainian project, though. Um, and obviously that's because it's on the news, and people see it, and it's in front of our faces. And so people want to get involved, people want to uh, be a help, they want to do their part. And so we, we see the, the, the need, obviously, the humanitarian need, like we've talked about the past couple of days, if you've been at the project. Uh, there's been so many uh, things that we could help them with. And, and to be honest, as Christians, uh, we need to do a better job with that, helping people with humanitarian needs. That's, that's, I believe that's a responsibility as ours as well. But um, as I mentioned the past couple of days, really the greatest need of the Ukrainian people is, is the gospel. That's their greatest need. Um, one of the, one of the uh, missionaries that we've been helping with is a man that's been going to the front lines to the Ukrainian soldiers and been giving them scripture. In fact, this is where we started. It's the very first scripture we, Ukrainian scripture we printed this year was, was for this gentleman. And from then, it's really blown up to um, helping refugees wherever we can. And so we've already sent uh, containers to Romania, Hungary, Poland, and, and, and we've got some from Poland going into Ukraine along with this gentleman and some other teams uh, going into Ukraine because uh, there's about six million displaced Ukrainians inside the country itself uh, on the west side there. And so, and so there's a great need there. And uh, appreciate you guys doing your part in that. And um, appreciate uh, having a good spirit about it. And uh, going in and working. Um, I love going to a churches where they just want to go in and get it done. And um, that's a blessing to us for sure. But... God has a desire to use his people. He does. And that's a little bit what I want to talk to you about tonight. And so let's get into it. We just have a short time uh, tonight because uh, we're going to have to spend some time in prayer. Let's, if you could turn to uh, Numbers chapter 3, if you would. Numbers chapter 3. And uh, I'll have this after the service if you'd like to look at it. This is the John and Romans for this year's uh, race. It's called Fast Forwards at Dragway 42. And I don't know if you can see it, but inside there's a map and things like that of the track and some of the things that are going on. And then there's a marked edition, John and Romans there with a track in the back and then some more information about the, the race. And so again, if you guys would pray about that, I'd, I'd certainly appreciate that. But God has a desire to use his people and it's, it's amazing how God has used men to be vessels to impact mankind. Um, and that's his, his desire. A lot of times we want to take the credit, we want to take God's glory, but really we're just, we're just vessels. And God just wants to use us, and we need to be open and to be used. And, and 
how he wants to use us is to share the gospel and to invest in others and to serve him. And um, handling of his word really is no exception. Um, he has specific, he was specific about who on earth is to handle and care uh, for the word of God. And, and I know you've, you've probably heard me say this every time I've been here that, uh, that uh, God's people should take care of God's word. And honestly, to me, that's, that's a common sense thing, that God's people should take care of God's word. Why would the world, why would the lost, dying world have a desire to take care of God's word? Um, but the, the, the problem is, the, the, and the issue, why I even bring it up, is because the world is printing God's word. It is taking care of God's word. And, and because of that, there's, there's consequences of that, and we'll, we'll get into that. But um, what I want us to look at is kind of show you uh, briefly, because we have short time, you know, one of my favorite parts of the Sea Line Project is when God's people get around these scriptures and ask God to use them in a great way. Again, we kind of, not to take away from what we have done and, and, and on our labors, but really, it, it, God's going to do the work. Uh, he's going to do the work in hearts of people. He's going to use his word. He's going to get it there. And so we need to take the time and invest time in prayer over these scriptures. And so I want to make sure we have time to do that tonight. But uh, one of the groups of people that God has used uh, in the Old Testament uh, to preserve his word were the priest. Uh, believe it or not, the priest. And the priests were to come through the Levi and, and, through Levi and his descendants. And, and this is where we get the Levitical priesthood. And um, Levi, he had uh, three sons, uh, Gershon, Merari, and Kohath. And um, the uh, Gershon and his descendants were given the responsibility of caring for the many coverings and their heavy structures. And so, so, so they had the responsibility to, uh, again, take care of the coverings and, and the heavy structures. And we see that first here in Numbers chapter 3, in verse uh, 25. It says, in the charge of the sons of Gershon and the tabernacle of the congregation shall be the tabernacle and the tent and the coverings and thereof and the hanging for the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and the hangings of the court and the curtain for the door of the court which is by the tabernacle and by the altar round about and the cords of it for all the service thereof. And so we see that they had a certain responsibility that uh, that they were to do, the, the coverings and the structures. The Merari and his descendants were given the responsibility to take care of the hardware items, uh, the things like the boards and the, and, the, and the bars and the pillars and the sockets and the vessels. And, and uh, we're, we're not going to take the time, but we would see that in Numbers 3, verses 33 through uh, 37. And then we would get to the Kohathites. The Kohathites and, and, uh, Kohath and, his, descent, Kohath and his descendants were given the care of the holy things. And uh, that's what we want to mostly look at here. And they were to take care of the ark and its covenant and its contents, I'm sorry, and all that God uh, viewed as holy. And uh, we would see that here. Uh, first of all, in verse 27 it says, um, let's go to verse uh, 30. It says, in the chief of the house of the father of the families of the Kohathites shall be uh, Eliezer and the son of Aziel. 
And their charge shall be the ark, and the table, and the candlesticks, and the altars, and the vessels of the sanctuary, wherewith they minister, and, they, and the hanging, and all the service thereof. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, shall be chief over the, the chief of the Levites, and have the oversight of them that keep the charge of the sanctuary. And so again, that's what we want to look at tonight, is first the priest, I'd like to show this to you, that the priest... Uh, turn over to Numbers chapter 4, the priests were a specific people. They were a specific people. They had uh, a specific, uh, there was a certain, certain not only, a sp there were certain uh, descendants. Um, we see that in Numbers, again, Numbers uh, uh, 4, verse 4, first we'll see this says, They shall be this, the service of the sons of Kohath in the, in the tabernacle of the congregation about the most holy things. And again, they were a specific people. We see that in Numbers, we'll go back to Numbers chapter 3 and verses 27. It says, and of Kohath was the family of the Amorites and the family of the um, Israelites and the family of the Hebronites and the family of the Aziahites. These are the families of the Kohathites. And the number of all the males from a month and the Old and upward were 8,600, keeping the charge of the sanctuary. The families of the sons of Kohath shall pitch on the side of the tabernacle southwide, and the chief of the house of the father of the families of the Kohathites shall be the Ilizathon, the son of Aziel. And again, the, and their charge shall be the, the ark and the, te, and the table and the candlestick and the altars and the vessels of the sanctuaries whereof they minister in the hanging and all the services thereof. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, shall be chief over the, the chief of the Levites and have the oversight of them that keep the charge of the sanctuary. And so, again, we see the Kohath and their descendants were a specific people. Um, not even the two other families could do what they could do. And so not only do we see that the priests were specific people, but they were a sanctified people. Turn with me to Numbers 18, if you would. Numbers 18. In Numbers 18, in verses um, 1, it says, And the Lord said unto Aaron, Thou and thy sons and thy father's house with thee shall bear the iniquity of the sanctuary, and thou and thy sons with thee shall bear the iniquity of your priesthood. And thy brethren also of the tribe of Levi, the tribe of thy father, bring thou with thee, that they may be joined unto thee, and minister unto thee. But thou and thy sons with thee shall minister before the tabernacle of witness. In verse 3 it says, And they shall keep the charge, and the charge of all the tabernacle, and only they shall not come nigh the vessel of the sanctuary and the altar, that neither they nor ye also die. And they shall be joined unto thee and keep the charge of the tabernacle of the congregation for all the service of the tabernacle. And a stranger shall not come nigh unto thee. And ye shall keep the charge of the sanctuary and the charge of the altar, that there be no wrath any more upon the children of Israel. And I, behold, I have taken your brethren, the Levites, from among the children of Israel to you that they are given as a gift for the Lord to the service of of the tabernacle of the congregation. Therefore thou and thy sons will thee shall keep your priest office for everything of the altar 
and within the veil you shall serve. And I have given your priest office unto you as a service of gift. And the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. And so we see here it was only the tribe of Levi. There was not to be any, any strangers involved. And so we see, again, that they were not only specific people, but they were a sanctified people. And thirdly, we see this as the priest, that they were also, in, as we saw in verse uh, numbers 4, verse 4, that they were uh, serving people. They were to handle the, the holy things. And uh, they were to be serving. They were, supposed to, they were to be active in what they were doing. They were to serve. And so again, we see that the, the holy hands were to handle the holy things. I'm sure you've Maybe you heard me say that before, but um, that, was, that was true um, back in the Old Testament. It's, it's even uh, true today. Um, the second people I want to look at briefly is this, is the kings. If you would, turn with me to Deuteronomy 17. Deuteronomy 17. And we see again that the kings were a specific people. Uh, Deuteronomy 17, as soon as I get there. Verse 15 says, Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the, it says, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee, that thou mayest set not a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. And so we see that there was a, there was a specific people, again, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. And then second we see with the kings, we see this, that they were a specific people. Uh, look at verse uh, 19, if you would. It says, And it shall be with them, and he shall read therein all the days of his life. Talking about the king here. Then he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. And so we see that they were a sanctified people, that they were to do this all the days of life. They were, they were called to do this. Not only that, they were a serving people as well. We see in verses uh, 19, again, the verse we just looked at, it says uh, to do them. They were to serve. They were to, to be, it was an active thing that they were to do. And so we, we look here again at the, the priests and the kings of the Old Testament. We see uh, their responsibilities they had. We see what kind of uh, people they were, that they were a specific kind of people, that they were a sanctified people, that they were serving people. And so... They had a part in preser the preservation of the Word of God. And so, where does that leave us? Um, if you would turn back to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, we'll start in verse 5. It says here, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness... And the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And in verse 6 says this, And hath made us kings and priests unto God, and his Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And so we see that through the blood of Jesus Christ, he had made us kings and priests unto God. And so we can see that we... Um, Part of the responsibilities that we have is to, to take on that responsibility of preserving the Word of God. And uh, if you would turn with me to 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9. 1 
First um, Peter uh, two nine. Uh, we see this, it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so again, we see that we are a specific people, that we are a, uh, we are a royal priesthood, we are a peculiar people. And again, as Christians, not only are we a specific people, but we are a sanctified people. Um, Turn with me to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. I hope you were ready to turn in your Bibles tonight. <laughs> Always like to point us to the Word of God. Uh, we are a sanctified people. Titus 2, 14. It says, Who gave himself for us, and that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. And so we are a serving people. We are to offer up a spiritual sacrifices. Um, next, turn with me to First Thessalonians chapter two. First Thessalonians chapter two. You know, because we're saved. Because of salvation, because of Jesus Christ, we have many rights. There's many privileges that we have that because of our, our uh, relationship with Christ that we are in the family now. And, and that is one of the rights or privileges that we have is that um, we are part of the royal priesthood. Um, that we can, and this is part of, you know, because of Jesus' blood, making us uh, kings and priests unto himself that we are, we are part of the royal priesthood, that we can boldly come before the throne, that uh, we are joint, joint heirs with Jesus, and we have the promises as his children to have peace and, and provision. But also, not only do we have the rights, but we also have responsibilities. We have responsibilities as, as um, kings and priests unto himself. Uh, so, First Thessalonians uh, chapter two, in verse four, uh, Paul's here uh, speaking, and it says, uh, "But we are, uh, but as we were allowed of God to be in, put in trust with the gospel, and so we have been allowed to be put entrusted with the gospel. We are entrusted. So there is a Paul saying there is a responsibility that we have." That we've, we've been entrusted with the gospel, with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we have that uh, responsibility that we, we need to take on. But here's the problem. Uh, as God's people, uh, we have mishandled those responsibilities. We have mishandled those responsibilities. And if you could turn with me to one more spot. We're going to go to Ezekiel chapter uh, 44. Ezekiel chapter 44. In Ezekiel chapter 44, we see an example of a mishandled responsibility. Um, let's read here in Ezekiel 44, chapter, uh, I'm sorry, chapter, Ezekiel 44, verse 1, 
It says, Then he brought me back the way of the gate of, of the outward sanctuary, which looketh toward the east, and it was shut. Then said the Lord unto me, This gate shall be shut, and it shall be not be opened, and no man shall enter in by it. Because the Lord, the God of Israel, hath entered in by it, therefore it shall be shut. It is for prince, the prince. He shall sit in it to eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by the way of the porch of that gate, and shall go out of by the way of the same. Then brought he me the way of the north gate before the house, and I looked, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord, and I fell upon my face. And the Lord said unto me, Son of man, mark well, and behold with thine eyes, and hear with thine ears all that I say unto thee concerning all the ordinances of the house of the Lord, and all the laws thereof, and mark well the entering in of the house, with going with every going forth of the sanctuary. And thou shalt say to the rebellious, even to the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, O ye house of Israel, let it suffice you of all your abominations, and that ye have brought into my sanctuary strangers, uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh, to be in my sanctuary, to pollute it, even my house, when ye offer my bread, the fat, and the blood, and they have broken my covenant because of all your abominations. And you have not kept the charge of mine holy things, but you have set keepers of my charge in my sanctuary for yourself. And so, again, here's a mishandled responsibility. Uh, what happened is they, they included those that were not, not included in the work, the strangers. And today that would be the lost world that, that uh, we're doing when it comes to the preservation of the Word of God. We're, we're including in them something that they're not supposed to be a part of. And to God, that's an abomination. Um, also, they didn't take the responsibility. We look in this text here in Ezekiel, they didn't take the responsibility seriously. Uh, in verse 8, it says, they have not kept the charge. They didn't think it was a big deal to, to give the responsibility to somebody else. And also we see this, that they were satisfied to have somebody else do their responsibilities. Uh, they were okay with it. Uh, it says there in verse 8, it says they had set keepers. Um, can I tell you this? As Christians today, we've got comfortable with, okay with, with, with the world taking care of the Word of God. And, and this is what I want to finish at and, and get to. is there's, there's consequences because of that. You might say, what is the consequences? I have the Word of God. It wasn't printed at a local church, and, and I have a, I have a, a good King James Bible, and, and I understand that, but there's still consequences, okay? Uh, the consequence is this. Is one, there's, there's many uh, translations that are confusing to people. Am I right? And really, and to me, the biggest one is this, is that there's still thousands of people groups that still don't have a Bible in their language. You know why? It's about this. It's about money. See, when the, when the world prints the Word of God, they're, they're not thinking of doing it out of obedience, or they're not thinking about the souls of men. It's all about this. It's all about money. The, the most selling book in all the world is the Bible. But if, if there's people that don't have money and... Uh, 
if it's too much work to uh, put it forth into uh, translating a language, the world's not going to be worried about that. But us as Christians, as, as, as God's people, as a local church, that is a responsibility that we need to be concerned about. That's, that's a responsibility that we need to take back. And so, continue what you're doing. We're, we're, we're doing our part in, in um, taking back that responsibility of God's word and uh, preserving his word and, and, and getting it out. And like I said before, that's just common sense. Can I tell you this tonight, that 80% of the Bibles printed are printed in a country that I couldn't even send Bibles to. And that doesn't make sense. And so again, I just want to keep, continue to encourage you, to challenge you, uh, to keep uh, doing your part and taking care of getting the Word of God out, preserving it, and getting it to those that still don't have it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much.